Welcome to the Paleo View. I'm Stacy Toth, best-selling author and co-creator of PaleoParents.com, where we focus on real-life solutions for families seeking help. I'm Dr. Sarah Ballantyne, New York Times best-selling author and creator of the Paleomom.com. I'm passionate about improving scientific literacy around public health topics. I like hashtags and bone broth. And I'm just a super nerd. We are back, listeners. And hi, Sarah. Hello. How are you? I'm great. I had a wonderful Thanksgiving break. And I just want to thank all of our listeners for reaching out and tagging us and sharing last week's episode. People really loved the science that you did on that topic. And I heard it was really super helpful for people. So thank you listeners for giving us your feedback. It really, (laughs) really makes us feel like the work that we do um, is helpful when you communicate that to us. So I just want to say thank you to everyone for the positive feedback. Um, And I guess, my takeaway from that is I, we should do more podcasts where I have to research for like six or seven hours before we record. Don't That's- worry. I got, I got plenty <laughs> of ideas for you. <laughs> well, and so, and so do our listeners. So, um, it, you know, now is probably a good time to remind people that you can, um, click through to the forms on either one of our sites to submit questions. We generally try to pick representative questions. So we don't, um, we get too many questions to answer everybody's questions on the podcast, but we definitely look at like, what are those sort of like trending questions that people have? And we'll pick one that's representative. That's exactly what we're doing today. As a matter of fact, Um, the, the question that we have today is, is one that is uh, something that's asked of us, um, or certainly a question that I get very, very frequently in one form or another. So um, we always try to to hit as many different topics as we can. And even if a question is, um, you know, a sort of different take on a topic that we've covered before that we can sort of get at that topic from a different side, those are really interesting ones for podcasts as well. So uh, feel free to um, flood our inboxes. The holidays approach, and I can't believe, like, when this podcast airs, it's going to be December. December. That's both crazy and welcoming at the same time. I had this thing happen to me around Thanksgiving where I was like, okay, I'm ready. You know, like, it's that always kind of kicks it off for me. Like, um, I kind of fight wearing my Ugg boots as long as possible. And then once I put on the leggings and the Uggs, um, and I start playing Christmas music and putting, you know, rose, fresh rosemary decorations around the house. I'm like, yes, yes. Bring on the holidays. Um, so do you know what, what song my now eight year old is obsessed with? I'm a a little bit scared to find out. SpongeBob SquarePants, Don't Be a Jerk, It's Christmas. No. You have not heard this song? Please don't tell my family. It's So first of all, the song is epic. It is such an earworm. It's amazing. Um, but it's the funniest song because I literally like whenever my kids are like getting at, you know, like needing a referee. Let's, let's put it that way. I just walk up to them and I go, 
don't be a jerk. It's Christmas. And then they both like fall apart into laughter. And it's like the greatest, like, like the song itself is SpongeBob. So, you know, it's SpongeBob, but, but the lyric is just so useful all the time. (laughs) It's better than you better watch out. Like it's, it's it's fantastic. So that song we have already it's not it's not even December yet as we record and we have probably listened to it 12 times already. So that's okay. Uh, um my children play wildly inappropriate songs by yelling at Alexa to turn on <laughs> Lonely Island and Weird Al songs. Like that's <laughs> what I hear all the time. But, but I mean everything is awesome is Lonely Island and that's Yes. That's amazing. Yes, there's also a lot of really inappropriate things that like it's halfway through the song and we're like, Alexa, turn it off and then we have to look at Cole and be like, You know that's inappropriate. <laughs> <laughs> oh, children. They make life so exciting, do they not? Mm-hmm. So, um, speaking of exciting, I have something new and exciting to share with our listeners. Hey, look at that little bridge you did by yourself there. Right? That's because I learned from the best. Do <laughs> um, so tell, have, Sarah. Right? Uh, so I don't even know if I've told you very much about this, but it's something that I've been working on for, oh, let's see now, eight, mu- <laughs> eight months uh, on the side while I finish an epic, huge, giant book. Um, I've been working on an online course um, all about the Automine Protocol. So it's basically, it's called the Automine Protocol Lecture Series. And it is uh, a series of 42 lectures. Um, it totals uh, 16 hours of video. And that's um, each like uh, one little piece of the autoimmune protocol going through the science behind it. So it's, you know, video of me with, with slides. And it's all put together in a course with recommended reading and printables and action steps and um what I'm calling self-discovery exercises because I didn't want to call it homework. And, um, it's all, uh, it's, it's, I've been working with my web developers to, um, custom make a platform for it. And, uh, it is, uh, as we record, I'm launching it tomorrow. So when this podcast goes live, it exists. Uh, so the first session of the Automy protocol lecture series is going to begin January 1st, which happens to be a Monday, um, but it is a self-directed course. So if people are still not feeling up for learning on Monday, they can totally start it on Tuesday. Um, but I'm really excited about it. It's been, um, something that I've been wanting to do for a few years and it's just putting together a course like this is, uh, a very, very large time investment and a very, very large financial investment. So, um, this was the year where, where all of the, stars aligned and I was able to actually get it done. And so, um, people can read more about it just by going to my website. It's going to be on the top banner by the time this podcast goes live. So if you just go to the you'll be able to click through to the course and find out more about it and see if it's good for you. But it's, it's definitely something that, um, I'm really proud of. And the feedback from, the people who have been able to get previews has been, um, and nobody's, <laughs> I don't think anybody has seen the whole course. People have like here and there seen bits and pieces, but the, the feedback even on the bits and pieces has been extremely positive. So I'm really excited about it. And, um, because I know that a lot of our listeners are AI peers. Um, this course is really designed for anybody, 
um, whether you're new to the autoimmune protocol or even new to healthy choices for autoimmune disease, but it's got tons of information for like the seasoned AIP veterans um, in terms of refining, in terms of troubleshooting, and it's a theory to practice type lecture series. So it really is the science behind every facet of the autoimmune protocol, but it's wrapped in with lots of practical how-to as well. So um, I think I think it's really exciting. So I just kind of wanted to let, let our listeners know that that is something that I have finally, um, finally finished and is out in the world and uh, kind of an awesome way to start, start the new year with the autoimmune protocol. It's a six week online course. I remember you talking about it um, when you were doing your filmings because we were talking about how um, the listeners and audience was wanting something when you were doing the health practitioner. And so it was more geared towards the everyday person, not necessarily a health practitioner. And you shared like Instagram lives of your recordings. And I remember seeing people be like, Oh my gosh, where is this? Can I see the whole thing? And but I was reading some of the comments. And so I think that um, people are going to love this. And I'm assuming that you'll have obviously blog posts, newsletter, Mm. and all that kind of stuff up at this point once this podcast goes live. So if you're looking for more information and teaser clips to see if it's something you're interested in, all that kind of stuff, definitely just check out paleomom.com and you'll find all that stuff, right? It should be, um, it should be like in your face, <laughs> not just, not just obvious, but it will, um, you know, it, because it'll be, this is launch week. So um, we'll be doing a lot of um, just trying to shout from the rooftops that this is a, this is a thing. It's one of the, you know, the things about this course is I did sort of come out of a demand when um, I collaborated with Mickey Trescott and Angie Alt on the um, AIP Certified Coach Practitioner Training Program, that there was so many people who were like, well, I, I'm just a regular person, but what about me? Like, what I, I want to take a course about the autoimmune protocol. And I was like, well, hang on, because I can create something for you that is not as expensive as a practitioner training program. Like, hang on, let me, let me figure this out. Um, but it's been hard to talk about because it's been one of those things that's been so time consuming that at the same time as I've had a lot of other things on my plate that I'm like, well, I, I'm hoping, I'm hoping I'll, I'll finish it. I mean, I, I filmed the lectures like two months ago. So (laughs) that like feels like a long, long, long time ago. And I still like, I, I, uh, have sent, you know, a few back to the videographer to re-edit, right? Like it's, we're still in that, like all the loose ends are, are being pulled together, but there is, it now is, it is something that exists and there's a entire behind the scenes, um, platform that I'm playing with and plugging all the things in and it will now officially, the first session starts January 1st. And I, I don't know how many times a year I'm going to run this yet. That's, I still have to figure all that, those details out, but, um, I'm, I'm really like, it's, um, it's something I'm really proud of. I don't know if you know that my mom was a, a distant education, distance education teacher. And so it's sort of like combining the experience of having been like in academia and doing mentorship and teaching through academia. And then, um, also like this, this other side of like my mom being a distance education teacher and being so familiar with the platforms and like she did, then she went and did her, um, master's in administration through distance ed. 
so she was a student through distance ed and I had a whole, that whole experience of watching her do that. And so I've been able to sort of take not just my, uh, sort of expertise in terms of the autoimmune protocol and apply it to this course, but also all of this like other personal experience that I've never really been able to, to apply to what I, what I do because I haven't ever done something like this before. And it was really fun. Like I could totally see myself putting together more, more online courses like this. Cause I think it's a, um, it's a really neat way to communicate concepts beyond everything else that I do is writing, right? So it's like, oh, I get to actually have a conversation <laughs> with you about this with visual aids. This is fantastic. It's so much better than just read a blog post. So, um, yeah, so I'm really excited about it. So it's called the AIP Lecture Series and find out about it and see if it's a good fit for you on thepaleomom.com. And we should really, we should really move on and do a show now. Well, speaking of AIP. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, this is why you're the master. <laughs> so good. So good. Uh, speaking of AIP, we have um, a question from Meredith. Um, and this is, you know, as I said at the top of the show, this is a question that we get very, very similar ones. Um, we have quite a few in in a similar vein. So I'm going to read Meredith's question, but then as we answer it, I think we're going to kind of expand out to be a little bit more encompassing of some of the uh, similar questions that we've also received. Uh, I found one of your articles, Dr. Ballantyne, on intermittent fasting and the autoimmune protocol. It indicates that we should not do both as at the same time due to putting too much stress on the body. However, do you think that it's okay to do both if I have already been intermittent fasting and doing keto for at least three months prior to starting AIP? Looking forward to your reply. So I just want to point people, we do have uh, shows on specifically nutrient density and how that's hard for keto and... um, Hard? Huh? Hard? Can you say impossible? Can you can you be stronger language? Okay. Sorry, I'm going to go I'll, on a I'll let you rant. Go stronger language on that. I'm just saying, um, we did cover we did cover that topic, and it's kind of it's, I know that you're going to get into this, but just at a high level, um, keto is intended to be either a weight loss diet or a uh, mechanism to control a health concern such as cancer or neurological dysfunction. And AIP is intended to be a nourishing, healing approach to uh, reduced inflammation. So it can be autoimmune, but it can also just be considered a low inflammatory nutrient-dense diet. So the ketogenic diet is going to be difficult to also do with AIP because of the amount of um, necessary natural carbohydrate from vegetables and fruit and different sort of things that will help reduce your body's inflammation and help you heal. That's not to say that you can't eat lower carb AIP, um, But please go back and listen to those detailed shows because we talk in depth on the science of how carbohydrates can be healing, especially for people with autoimmune conditions, when the recommended time to eat them is, um, the science behind all of that, the specific 
vegetables and carbohydrates that we think are the most bang for your buck. Like we go into all of that. Um, I don't remember the name of the show, but I'm sure Matt will put it in show notes for you because he knows all, remembers all, and Googles all. (laughs) But I will say from my own personal experience, um, before Sarah jumps in on this in depth, you know, I started paleo from a weight loss perspective and not from a nutrient dense perspective. And despite the fact that I weighed less, I was less healthy. I had digestive upset. I was doing a lot of intermittent fasting and I actually made my autoimmune conditions flare and get worse. Um, no, granted, obviously, like there's the initial, oh my gosh, my body's feeling so much better because I'm no longer putting all the sugar grains and whatever in them. But then there was kind of like this um, inverted bell curve where it actually kind of got worse. Um, and I was having thyroid flares. And, you know, I look back at pictures and when I was at my lowest weight, I was also feeling my worst because, you know, my hair, my nails, everything was brittle and, um, I was lower energy again. I was having all all kinds of issues. So um, reintroducing food and nutrient density and decreasing my stress and all kinds of stuff, which are the focus of AIP, helped heal me from uh, a health perspective. And I just, it's important to remember what the function of how you're trying to eat is. And if you're thinking about something from a weight loss perspective, that's entirely different from thinking about something from a nutrient density healing, low information, uh, inflammation, and you can have weight loss with that for sure, but it's a completely different approach than, um, the other. I agreed. So I, I think I want to add first to your point of, um, you know, the autoimmune protocol is, uh, designed to be, uh, nutrient sufficient. So it provides, um, ample amounts of all of the nutrients that our bodies need, including micronutrients, but also important macronutrients like protein and fiber, uh, along with, you know, healthy fats and, and slow burning carbohydrates. Um, and through nutrient sufficiency and also avoidance of inflammatory compounds in foods, it can help the immune system regulate itself, which means uh, it is anti-inflammatory through immune regulation. So it allows the immune system to turn off when it's overstimulated. And I want to just stick a pin in that for a second because I'm going to come back to that idea when I sort of talk specifically about combining the ketogenic diet with the AIP in a, probably a couple minutes. So the autoimmune protocol works by removing inflammatory uh, compounds in foods by providing nutrient sufficiency because the immune system requires a tremendous number of different nutrients in order to function normally. And the first aspects of the immune system that tend to stop working when we're nutrient deficient are the regulatory aspects, right? The parts that help control inflammation, turn off the job or turn off the, the immune system when the job is done. It also is a protocol that has um, optimal gut health built right into the protocol. So it already focuses in on nutrients required for gut barrier health, removing compounds and foods that can increase intestinal permeability, which means cause a leaky gut. And it also removes compounds that can cause gut dysbiosis. So typically compounds that can feed 
undesirable strains of bacteria in the gut. Uh, so, for example, alcohol, um, there's compounds in grains can negatively impact gut health by overfeeding E. coli and other gram-negative bacteria. And then one of the things wrapped up with the autoimmune protocol is a large number of vegetable servings a day, at least eight a day, in order to provide enough variety of vegetable fiber to support a healthy and diverse gut microbiome. So gut health is already wrapped into the autoimmune protocol. Uh, immune health is already wrapped up into the uh, autoimmune protocol. Im uh, endocrine health is already wrapped up into the autoimmune protocol. So um, the focus on slow burning, whole food, you know, whole fruit and vegetable carbohydrates is really important for regulating insulin. The focus on complete meals is really important for regulating ghrelin and leptin. The focus on higher fiber intake by focusing on a lot of vegetables is really important for ghrelin. And those are all immune modulating. And then, of course, the autoimmune protocol has this focus on lifestyle aspects that can impact gut health, that can impact immune health, or that can impact endocrine health. So, for example, uh, being sedentary makes you insulin resistant. Not getting enough sleep makes you insulin resistant. Being stressed makes you insulin resistant. So those things are all really important from an endocrine perspective. Um, overtraining causes a leaky gut. Being stressed causes a leaky gut. Um even inadequate sleep or more sort of it's actually circadian rhythm mismatch is actually more the problem in terms of of gut health um and then of course sleep and stress and activity all directly feed into the immune function as well so for example there's aspects of the immune system that work predominantly while we're asleep especially the regulatory aspects so if you're looking to reduce inflammation if you've got you know systemic inflammation getting enough sleep is really really important because your body regulates the immune system more when you're sleeping compared to when you're awake. So all of those things are wrapped up into the autoimmune protocol. And we get um, asked quite frequently, well, what about combining AIP with the candida diet or AIP with GAPS or SCD or AIP with low FODMAP? And the only one that I, you know, can wrap my head around being potentially beneficial for some people is a short-term um, low FODMAP diet for symptom management. But the, as we've talked about on the show before, the new thinking by SIBO experts now is that you cannot treat small intestinal bacterial overgrowth with diet. So if you do low FODMAP or you do GAPS or SCD, it doesn't cure the problem. In fact, over the long term, it makes it worse because you starve out the good guys in addition to the bad guys when you take those approaches. And uh, the good guys naturally help control the population of the bad guys. So if you starve out the good guys, you actually end up over time making the problem worse. So um, what SIBO experts now are are doing is they're using, typically their, their go-to is low FODMAP. It's not GAPS or SCD. And they'll use low FODMAP for two to four weeks as symptom management while you're doing uh, some kind of antimicrobial course for the overgrowth um, and either non-absorbable antibiotics like rifaximin or um, botanicals like monocidin, uh, either are typically considered equally as effective, but there are certain strains that respond to one or the other, which is why doing stool analysis is so great. So that's the only time I would potentially recommend combining the autoimmune protocol with any other dietary approach. And that is under the condition of working with a functional or integrative medicine specialist who is you know, diagno properly diagnosing and treating small intestinal bacterial overgrowth. Like that's, that's, that's the only time or like 
weird additional allergies. Obviously, you're not going to eat a food that you're allergic to even on the autoimmune protocol. So the other protocols, right, they're all designed to help. They're all purported to help uh, restore gut health. They all have like gaps in SCD just doesn't provide enough fermentable fiber to support a diverse um, gut microbiome. So what happens is initially you have symptom resolution because you starve out the overgrowth, but then over the long term you have undergrowth, which causes its own set of problems. So um, I'm not I'm not a fan of any of those. And when gut health is already built right into the autoimmune protocol, not just because it's not just about fiber, it's also about the types of fats that you're eating. All of that is built into the autoimmune protocol. You really don't need to do something else for gut health. The, the autoimmune protocol is already an amazing, uh, you know, intervention for leaky gut, for gut dysbiosis, with the exception of things like parasites or SIBO that require like actual treatment with a healthcare provider. So I, I kind of wanted to take that that broader step of like the autoimmune protocol is already, you know, extremely sophisticated in terms of its approach. And uh, the the idea of combining it, like I've, I've actually written extensively about intermittent fasting and ketogenic diets for people with autoimmune disease, and I don't recommend either. And um, that's in large part because of the roles that – um, or the effects that intermittent fasting and ketogenic diet can have on the immune system. So let's start with intermittent fasting because I think this is a simpler topic. Um, intermittent fasting is a stress on the body. If you are a healthy individual, and especially if you are male, um, that can be just enough stress to actually cause some beneficial adaptations in the body. And um, men will tend to find intermittent fasting is a neat tool for decreasing overall uh, caloric intake during the day. But it's important to sort of remind people like the, the reason why people recommend intermittent fasting is because it stimulates autophagy, which is like a spring cleanup in all of the cells. And it's important to just kind of take a step back and go, hey, that's not the only way to stimulate autophagy. Another major thing that stimulates autophagy is sleeping. And another great thing that stimulates autophagy is exercise. So if you're actually just getting enough sleep and you're living an active lifestyle, there's no compelling reason to skip breakfast. And generally, you know, there's, there's some really great science showing that if you don't eat in the late evening before bed, so if you have your last meal of the day earlier in the evening, say five or six o'clock, um, that that can actually improve sleep quality. And then if you just make your last meal five or six o'clock, I mean, most people can easily go 12, 13, 14 hours before they have breakfast. And that's Great. So it is It is definitely good to have larger meals spaced farther apart, um, but there's not really a compelling reason to be hitting these 16 or 24-hour marks from a health perspective. And for women, our bodies tend not to respond to the stress of intermittent fasting the same way. Um, we tend to get the stress response that slows our metabolism, that uh, causes inflammation, that can potentially, depending on 
what stress hormones are being produced can negatively impact gut health. And we tend to not get the benefits of, you know, if we're slowing down our metabolism, we're also increasing our hunger, appetites, cravings. So we tend to make up the calories later in the day. So we tend not to get this like weight loss benefit from caloric reduction with intermittent fasting between slowing down our metabolisms and consuming more when we do get to eat. So it, it typically just backfires for women. And there have been um, some interesting studies with short-term water fasts, so seven-day water fasts with rheumatoid arthritis showing that it may potentially benefit symptoms, but intermittent fasting does not seem to help autoimmune disease. Now, keto, we've talked about quite frequently. I want to sort of remind people that the ketogenic diet was designed as um, nutritional starvation for people with um, refractory epilepsy. So epilepsy that was not responding to any kind of treatment. And what they discovered in these people was if they went on these long-term water fasts, so they were only consuming water, their seizures would diminish or disappear. So what the ketogenic diet was designed to do was designed to uh, keep the body thinking it was still starving while providing enough nutrition that people didn't die for these people with epilepsy. And about 50% of people on a ketogenic diet with refractory epilepsy have a good response to the ketogenic diet in terms of seizures. But even like way back, you know, the 30s and 40s when ketogenic diets were first being developed, there was a long list of adverse effects um, related to the ketogenic diet. So women, for example, tend to lose their periods um, and so and tend to, to be rendered infertile. And this makes a lot of sense from an evolutionary perspective. If you think of hunter-gatherers in times of famine, um, there's an advantage to the men. They get very, very lean so they can go out and hunt, at least initially before they become a sort of, you know, uh, tired and lethargic and sluggish. Um, women will end up staying closer closer to wherever, you know, their 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 villages or their their camp is. And in a time of famine it's a really, really bad time to get pregnant. So they tend to become infertile during times of famine. So because the ketogenic diet is nutritional starvation, it is designed for the body to think it's starving, women tend to also, you know, have the same effect. So women lose their periods, have a much harder time getting pregnant. That's usually not why a woman goes on a ketogenic diet. It's not usually for, for managing fertility. And it's not typically considered an okay side effect for most women. So I think that's a really important thing to emphasize. Um, ketogenic diets also have been t linked to another uh, group of side effects. For example, some people respond with improved cardiovascular disease risk factors, but some people respond with cardiovascular disease risk factors like cholesterol that go through the roof. And there have been people who have had heart attacks on ketogenic diets in, in clinical trials. Um, there's some issue with kidney stones, but there are some supplements and hydration can help with that. So it's, it's not considered um, a huge issue now as long as it's done under medical supervision. Um, but one of the other effects of a ketogenic diet is that it suppresses the immune system. So remember I was talking about the autoimmune protocol reinforcing regulatory aspects of the immune system. What the ketogenic diet does is suppress the entire immune system. And so what happens is, you know, when people first adopt a ketogenic diet, they see resolution of inf inflammation because the entire immune system is being suppressed. Um, so that looks really wonderful. It's why people feel so good when they first adopt, adopt a ketogenic diet. But over time, uh, the adverse effect that we see in clinical trials is susceptibility to infection. 
So people get sick more often and have a reduced ability to fight infection. And that's because keto is not making the immune system regulate. It's not making it work better. It's just suppressing it. So it's great for, for regulating inflammation, but we actually need our immune systems to do all kinds of things like fight viruses, fight bacteria, heal wounds, uh, detect cancer in our bodies. Um, so while the ketogenic diet, you know, certainly for neurodegenerative diseases, the pros can definitely outweigh the cons. I think it's really important to for people to just know that there's a lot of cons with the ketogenic diet on top of everything that Stacey mentioned at the top of this show, which that it is... Uh, I think you said hard. I wanted to say impossible, but I guess impossible is maybe a little bit hyperbolic. It is very, very difficult to reach nutrient sufficiency with ketogenic diet, and it is extremely challenging to get sufficient fiber to support a healthy gut microbiome with a ketogenic diet. And one of the things that the autoimmune protocol does is support this diverse community of gut bacteria because our gut bacteria help regulate our gut barrier function. So they help protect us against a leaky gut or cause a leaky gut if we've got the wrong kind of bacteria growing. They regulate our immune systems. They produce neuroactive compounds that regulate mood. They actually produce compounds that regulate how leaky the blood-brain barrier is. Um, they're impacting things like uh, how leaky skin barrier is. You know, that's why there's a, a link between gut health and skin health. Like it's really tremendous. They're synthesizing vitamins for us. They do so much good stuff. And when you're not consuming enough fiber, you end up with undergrowth. And also high amounts of fat intake also skews the type of bacteria that like to grow in the digestive tract towards unfavorable strains. So the ketogenic diet over the long term, um, really you end up losing diversity in the um, bacteria strains in the digestive tract. And there's new research showing that low fiber diets over the long term causes the same kind of irreversible damage to our gut microbiome as antibiotics. So even following these like long-term low-fiber diets like keto, but like the standard American diet, it compounds over generations. And there, there's concern in the medical community that these types of dietary uh, choices could have long-lasting impacts on, on human health through suppressing the diversity of the gut microbiome. So I do not recommend keto for anybody except for people with neurodegenerative diseases and only then under medical supervision and under careful weighing of the options and the pros and cons. And for people with autoimmune disease, maybe with the exception of multiple sclerosis because that involves neurodegeneration, it is absolutely not recommended. In fact, the couple of clinical trials that have looked at keto in rheumatoid arthritis showed worsening of symptoms, which is not a surprise when you think of all the mechanisms that I've already talked about. So all that to say, the take-home message, um, I really don't recommend combining the autoimmune protocol with other protocols. I'm shocked. <laughs> all right. Well, I think we've, I mean, if that was a horse, it would be dead. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I just want to encourage people that if you've been doing something and it feels good for you for, you know, however long, like I had been intermittent fasting and I thought it was good for me, even though I had all kinds of digestive problems. I talked before about how I don't have a gallbladder and I can't go that long between meals because I don't have a mechanism to store bile. So make sure you're truly listening to your body. But if you've been doing something and it does feel really good, then why would you be looking to do something else? I guess that's always kind of the thing for me, right? Is like, you wouldn't be looking for AIP if you were feeling your best. So 
be open-minded and give something a try without feeling like, but I've got to hold on to this thing that I've been doing. Because if that thing that you had been doing was really working for you, you wouldn't be seeking something else for greater improvements in your health. So that's my word of wisdom for the day. Um, And I hope that it encourages you to seek out the things that make you feel your best. Cause I really think that that is absolutely what the most important takeaway is. And you know what Sarah and I's opinion is on these <laughs> things. Um, so I feel like if you're asking, you're kind of expecting us to just repeat what you already know we're about to say, but, um, <laughs> <laughs> but that, sometimes, sometimes it's still good to hear though, Stacey. Yes, absolutely. Um, that said, Thank you, Sarah, for for once again sharing with us what we need to hear again. We will be back again next week, and I'm pretty sure that I have twisted Sarah's arm into the topic that I have been waiting for for months, um, and it will involve many hours of research, so (laughs) it's sure to be good. Um, And sharing with you a story that I've been, been waiting to share until it was the right time. So... Don't miss next week. Thank you for tuning in. And don't forget to support the podcast and the blog by engaging in social media, sharing with your friends, leaving reviews in iTunes, and clicking links on our blogs. It helps us tremendously, and we love to be able to bring you the show um, without needing to do commercials or sponsors or all that kind of stuff. So thank you for your support. We'll be back next week. Thank you for listening to The Paleo View. If you enjoyed the show, please take a moment to rate us on iTunes. You can also support us by shopping for our favorite paleo products on the sidebars of our individual websites or by donating through PayPal. Um, I, th- I want kind of – there's a lot. We'll, we'll talk a little bit about intermittent fasting, autoimmune protocol, and then combining AIP with – other protocols like this does question doesn't specifically ask about candida or gaps or scd but i think all of that falls into the like just do the aip guys is the is the summary there you know now we don't need to podcast that's it (laughs) the whole answer right there seeking the truth never gets old introducing june's journey the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.